Hey folks, it's Totsky here, uh, giving you another lowdown of what we got in store for Fort Mac uh, this month. Coming up, down the pipe, uh, what other kind of saying that you want to throw in there? But when it's this cold outside, when you're fucking freezing like I am, and it's this much snow, because I've never shoveled the driveway more than I have now, and I don't even do it that often to begin with, and... If you're pissed off as I am because the, these damn windrows that the city scrapes up all the ice and just puts it in the middle of the road and leaves it for weeks on end, you know it's winter. And what happens in February in Fort McMurray in the winter? Yes, that's right. It's time for some winter play action. And the YMN Podcast is going to be partnering up with Events with Buffalo for a few of the absolute fun times that's going to be coming. Interplay runs February 14th and 24th this year. And uh, like I said, uh, uh, Tito and I and the YMM Podcast crew has partnered up for a few uh, events that are going to be some kick-ass. And the stuff that we're a part of all happens uh, starting on Wednesday, February 20th, uh, 2013. It's the Winter Side Splitting Comedy Night. Uh, that's right. Uh, comedy Night went by so well last year that the events above those bring it back with some great, great, great comedians. Uh, we got a local uh, John Mick, uh, who I went to high school with, so I can't wait to get him on the podcast. Uh, he's going to be coming up and doing some stand-up comedy and opening for Ron Jozel, uh, a great, great uh, Filipino-Canadian comedian. Uh, the name might not ring a bell to a few people, but as soon as you see him, you'll be like, oh, I've seen that guy on, on the Comedy Network many times. Dude is absolutely hilarious. So me and Tito are hosting the Winterside Splitter Comedy Night, uh, Wednesday, February 20th. Uh, show starts at 8 p.m., up at the Suncourt Center for Performing Arts. Tickets are $25. Uh, and of course, the show is uh, definitely uh, 18 and over. Uh, tickets are available at winterplay.ca. But that's not all. A few days later, we're going to be uh, bringing a reincarnation of the Hockey Goons and Puck Bunnies Nights. Uh, yeah, the 20 or so people that were there last year uh, basically got to check out uh, Slapshot on the big screen. Awesome night. Great time great prizes and we're going to do it again but different so basically it's all going to happen friday february 22nd uh, 2013 hockey goons and puck bunnies uh this time we're going to be at the dolan pub and it's going to be a basically a reformatted night uh we got a band we got the band actually uh the greatest uh, canadian artist uh around amy heffernan from from mcmurray i also went to high school with her so uh, i'm just name dropping now can't wait to, to chat with these folks so yeah, Amy Heffernan's going to perform, and uh, we're also going to have uh, prizes for Best Hockey Goon, basically the person that can dress up uh, goonish, I guess, uh, more goony than me, <laughs> which you know, and of course we got Best Puck Bunny, which you know damn well is just the most sexiest looking uh, uh, chick out of the bunch, uh, prizes for those, and of course the girding competition's returning. For anyone that can't remember this from last year, I know I tried to do a little Twitter thing too on it. Uh, basically, it's the person that can make the best distorted facial expression. Uh, yeah, so we're going to have some examples up on the website. Uh, if you check out the ymanpodcast.com, go events, and if you look at Winterplay 2012, we got a video from the Gurney competition as last year. We're going to put it up again. Uh, so that's going to be a blast. Uh, Hockey Hoons and Puck Bunnies featuring a great, great artist, Amy Heffernan, uh, Friday, February 22nd. Show starts at 9 p.m. at the Padolan Pub. Tickets, $15. Uh, Tito and I are hosting. It's going to be great. Lots of prizes. Tickets available at winterplay.ca. 
But this brings us to our pride and joy of the Winter Play 2013 Festival. It's going to be the Winter Reels Film Challenge. The Basically, we had so much fun, and the community had so much fun at the 48-hour filmmaking challenge this past summer at Interplay that we're going to bring it back uh, in a little bit different form. It's going to be the Winter Reels Film Challenge, and basically... Uh, it's going to be just like the 48 hour, except you're going to have a longer time to make a, a, a film. Uh, it's all going to start on February 14th at the Winter Play opening ceremonies. Uh, we haven't had the details of what, uh, where exactly at the opening ceremonies we're going to be, but if you follow the podcast Twitter, uh, at Wyman Podcast or Facebook, facebook.com slash Wyman Podcast, <clears throat> we will announce it. But the shotgun start is going to be February 14th, and people will have, uh, teams will have, uh, up to 10 p.m. on February 20th. So basically six days. I got six days to do a film instead of the the, the absolute 48-hour rush. This time we're going to give you six days, and we expect massive Hollywood blockbuster Michael Bay style. <laughs> I don't know why I picked Michael Bay. But we, uh, we're giving you six days, and it's going to be absolutely great. We can't wait. Uh, grand prize for the first place team, 500 bucks. We're also going to give the runner-up 150 and this time there's going to be a panel of judges that's going to pick the winning film based on the best interpretation of the elements that we give you at the Shotgun Start on February 14th. So, a lot of information I just threw out at you. Hopefully you guys all get it. If not, <clears throat> check out the website, ymmpodcast.com slash events. You'll see it. You'll scroll down. You'll see Winter Reels Film Challenge there at the bottom. It's got uh, the rules and regulations up there. The registration form is up on the website. Registration fee, 35 bucks per team. Uh, so 35 bucks for a chance to win 500, not bad. 35 bucks for a chance to win 150, not bad. Going to be a blast. Shotgun start. We're going to give the elements of what we need to see in the film. You'll have six days. The deadline is February 20th at 10 p.m. Um, it's going to be an absolute blast. So yeah, ymmpodcast.com slash events. Winter Reels Film Challenge is going to be a part of Winter Play 2013. It's going to be an absolute blast. Keep it locked on our Facebook. Keep it locked on our Twitter. Follow the hashtag for the Winter Reels. Uh, pound Winter Reels. And uh, we're going to keep it <clears throat> going on there. We had some good Instagrams. We had some good tweets. So we're going to keep it going this year. Uh, we got some. We got the elements already picked. It's gonna, these are going to be really cool. And it, it's going to be a really good time. So definitely check out the Winter Reels Film Challenge. And of course... Uh, the Hockey Goons and Puck Bunnies event, uh, the Comedy Night event, and check out everything that Winterplay has to offer. Winterplay.ca is the website for all of the Winterplay uh, aspects. <clears throat> Ten days of absolute uh, bliss. It's it's a, definitely a fun time in Fort McMurray. They're going to have the Winter Playground again at the SNI. Uh, and it's just going to be an absolute blast. And remember, for all our Winterplay activities... Visit www.ymmpodcast.com. Due to a shitload of swearing and some graphic conversations, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Fort Mac.
and gentlemen, welcome to the YMM Podcast. I'm Totsky. Uh, no Tito today, unfortunately. Some things came up. But I'm with some absolutely fantastic people. Who's at the dining room table with me today? Hi, I'm David Hustero. David, welcome. <laughs> I, I, caught you, I caught you mid-drink there. I caught you mid-drink, so I thought you were going to go brew house. I, I thought I was going to, you know, I'm, I'm the corporate chef for the, uh, what do we call the, uh, well, I'm part of the uh, Wood Buffalo Brewing Company here in Fort McMurray that we've opened a couple weeks ago, so thanks for having me. Oh, man, welcome. I couldn't wait to get you guys on the show. This is going to be a dynamite show, and I had a request today <laughs> that wanted to be on the show as soon as he found out who the guests were. C-Mac McNeil. He invited himself. That's what I was getting at. Whoa, be nice. <laughs> I asked politely, no, we but are consistently. Ha- we are happy to have you on, man. I'm glad you did uh, ask, because from my first answer <laughs> I gave you, this is what uh, it's never a sure thing at the Dining Room Table Studios, which is why I like it so much. Dave, welcome, buddy. Thanks a lot for coming out. And uh, we just want to talk about what everyone's been talking about for the last, what, now? You guys officially opened in the start of this month, but it was supposed to be like a go at the start of December, so like this has been some buzz for a while. Absolutely, and we didn't do that by design. That was purely construction woes and whatnot. Like, we're we're manufactured a large brewery there, and essentially we're going to be the, well, we are the largest brewery producing or beer producing restaurant in Canada now versus, you know, via leaders, so... You know, it took us a little while, and uh, we wanted to do it right. We didn't want to come across looking like dumbbells and and come across <laughs> looking uh, all shoddy and whatnot. So uh, we took our time. We did it right. The community was patient with us, and uh, well, they're they're forgiving us now. So <laughs> thank goodness. Well, that's so. That's what is literally the largest one in Canada. Like that's, that's huge. I didn't know that. No, I mean neither. And that's you guys thing. should play that up more. <laughs> like you guys are already kicking ass. I don't know like, you know, kicking in overdrive. I, I, I love my partners, but I love some of the numbers they throw around all willy nilly in that sense too. It's so you got to appreciate. I'm the I'm the culinary director for our corporation and whatnot, so I don't have a ton to do with the beer. But these are the numbers they throw around. So if they're they're telling me, then I'm believing them. So oh, and that's excellent, man. Uh, we started getting the buzz in, in the community. <laughs> Sorry. Gotta- Oh yeah, we've been starting to get the buzz in the community about the uh, about the brewing company. What was it, Christian? Like maybe last year, like early last year. The second I heard about it, I was stoked for it, and it was it was. I know for me, it was in the summertime when I saw personally uh, the logos. I heard about it logos, yeah. and I saw you guys trying to standing in the parking lot. How are we going to get these damn tanks into this building? That <laughs> was was where I went. Whoa, what's what's going that's on? That's true here? because you, like not to rag on the place. The location is beautiful, but it's been a location that's had a lot of spots before it. Absolutely, and, and it's always been like you kind of hear this thing in the community where it's like, oh, we're getting a brew house, and everyone's like, rumor mill. This yeah, is exactly. If, like, we've if, been if, we've been on the docket for a, an Olive Garden now for the last what ten <laughs> years. Olive like, we're never getting that's that. hysterical. Know, it's just one of those things people always say, and it's like, oh, we're going to get a brew house. Believe when I see it. Until that's, I saw that's the too tanks. Good to be true. Yeah. But then I seen the logo. The logo is what got me excited yeah. because, like, really, who's going to design an uh, actual logo that says Wood Buffalo on it and then stick it on the Would have been a good prank. <laughs> what, what, what a horrible prank. tease that would have been. <laughs> yeah, I know. No kidding. And, uh, and we got excited and we, the community got excited. It would have been horrible, though, if the logo came down and behind it was the Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> what a setup. I, 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 that'd be like the, that's the definition of mixed emotions. Like, yay. Uh, <laughs> I would say, you know, as a chef, too, I've always said, and believe me, I'm not a non-violent dude, but I always said if I committed a terrorist act, I would fly a build a plane into the building of the headquarters of Olive Garden. I, <laughs> really? I, hate, I hate that place that yeah. much. Yeah, absolutely. I can count maybe on one hand how many times I've, I've eaten there, but I just hear so many people talk about it go, going to Edmonton, right? Yeah. Like, we got to go to the Olive Garden. I'm like, it's there's just a lot of spots in Edmonton. Why is everyone focused on this? Why don't just because we don't have one? That's probably it, eh? Yeah. Well, you can just go and punch yourself in the face and get... <laughs> 
you know, get yourself the, the equal experience, You're I guess. perfect on this show. Oh, this is awesome already. We're 10 yeah. minutes in, and I'm loving it already. So, Dave, tell us about the, 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 tell us about the process, how you got involved. Like, give us some history and, and the whole background, if you can. All right, here's a little bit of a, a little background of the company. They opened in 2005, and it was three-partner. It was Brett uh, Ireland, Socrates Corrigonis. That's the best name in the world, Socrates. <laughs> I thought he was a 60-year-old Greek. No, I was real. expecting this, like, rotund, <laughs> barely English-speaking <laughs> Greek. Like, and then 31-year-old playboy, <laughs> handsome, <laughs> articulate, in, just awesome, like, what's up, what's up? Awesome cat. <laughs> and, and Alex Dirksen. And they opened their first one in Jasper, Jasper Brewing Company in 2005. And I had nothing to do with it at the time. They were just friends of mine, and I wished them nothing but the best. And they were ambitious and all that, young dudes and, and whatnot. And what was fantastic about them is they came out of the gates and they brewed incredible beer, like some world-class beer. And they hired a consultant and, and whatnot and got them out of the gates. But the thing was, and admittedly so, I'm not telling you know tales out of school. When they came out, their food stunk. It was absolutely <laughs> brutal. And I've been in restaurants my whole life. I've... Uh, you know, I opened my first place when I was 22 in Jasper. I've uh, owned two others. Uh, I still own a high-end place in Jasper called Takara Restaurant, which is my flagship. And this is where I'm going to pump my own tires. Absolutely, you know? man. R- written up in you know New York Times, uh, written <laughs> no, by Max I Jacobson, who uh, L.A. Times discovered Wolfgang Puck in the 80s, the whole thing. So there was awesome. some legitimacy there. Opened my own restaurant in Maui, Hawaii, Big Wave Cafe and stuff like that. Fuck and man. we were friends. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to me pump my own yeah, tires. No, well, we, we never heard this stuff before. No, I'm just more shocked. I'm like, shit, I got to Legitimate guest in my house. Fuck well, it. I gotta like no, not too legitimate. Clean the fucking leaky fucking bathroom. I got the jeez. I feel underdressed. You're wearing shorts. This is better than most that's podcasts. True, <laughs> that's too funny. I have a shirt on this time. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, last podcast. He does for now. <laughs> so yeah. so what had happened there is they'd gotten out of the gates pretty decent, and what was supporting them was they're just their popularity in our community and the fact that they were making a beer, you know, great beer product, but their food stunk. And that's, you know, that's behind them now. And then what happened was they invited me on board because I had been in restaurants. We were friends. And essentially it was like watching your friends drown in water and you, you know how to – you've got a life jacket kind of thing. <laughs> you know how to save them. Just Indeed. Waiting. So what happened is they wanted to open another location in Banff, uh, Banff Alberta. Mm-hmm. So it was a great thing as well. So I came on board as their culinary director. And essentially what I came on board to do was just revamp and open, you know, the one in Banff and then take over the, the whole situation and then uh, when we opened up here in Fort McMurray, you know, I, I wrote some checks and I got involved as well. And uh, now I'm their full-time corporate chef for all three locations. Excellent. And uh, I oversee the culinary operations for all three and any of the ones in the future. Excellent. Excellent. Which I'm hearing there is actually, uh, when I was talking to Socrates, he was saying there is, the expansion is moving forward quite rapidly. That has a lot to do with why he's not here right now. <laughs> that's, that's why I stink like French fries and he's on the road negotiating deals. So, yeah, that's exactly it. I think it. he said his, his next one that they're, they're pushing the opening for uh, don't quote me on it we'll get him on the show eventually but I think he's Calgary's going to be the next gig yeah I think the cat's out of that bag yeah. in that sense too so that sounds like a pretty these are these are young aggressive yeah. dudes that that's are quick expansion yeah absolutely but they're they're a, they're a brilliant bunch of guys and I'm lucky to be a part of it I'm not uh, you know I'm not telling any secrets here but <laughs> it's the truth they're they're growing fast and you know I still have my own restaurants to you know to build as well but I'm I'm lucky to be a part of it I'm, I'm loving this no and that's great so you've been on board since pretty much well it, on on and off, because we had uh, there was a bit of a contract, not their contract with this company, but the whole thing is too. I've owned other restaurants as well, and um, they got a little testy when I was opening other restaurants with these guys, and I'd sold other restaurants. So oh, they kind of wanted you as an exclusive. Uh... Abs- absolutely. So now uh, on full time since uh, my contract started in November, 
And uh, yeah, when we opened, uh, and now that we've opened this place, and I'll continue to keep owning with other ones in the future as well. So no, that's excellent, man. And like, I want to hear more about like you've got places in Maui, and I want to hear more. Okay, with Buffalo Brewing Company, we'll get back to. Okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about Maui for a bit. Where are you from? First off, okay, I've been in Jasper now for about twenty years. But uh, but as far as cooking started when I was thirteen, I'm a hundred years old now. I'm I'm, a- I'm aging so well. I'm, what a genetic gift I've been blessed with. But uh, when I was well, I started when I was thirteen. But uh, started really doing my apprenticeship when I was about seventeen. Now I'm going to get long winded a little bit here. Hey, Amen. Around uh, about when I was twenty nine. 30, I'd owned two restaurants at the time. I owned Fiddle River Seafood Company, and I'd owned Takara Restaurant, which I still own. And there was this real interesting style of food that I really wanted to get involved with. It was called Euro-Asian. And there was, this, there was two chefs in, uh, in Hawaii that were doing it. There was Alex Peroy, and there was Alan Wong. And I've heard the, of Alex before. Yeah. The name rings a bell. And now he's in wine country in California, and he's, he's killing it there. And he's a great guy and just a great chef. So it was a stage of my life, just went through a miserable relationship, you know, you want to learn more about food, want to expand my horizons, grab my whites, grab my knives, went to Hawaii, didn't know a soul. Just on a whim. Just on a whim. That's just, awesome. Just started up and showing up in the back door of Alex Peroy's kitchen. And, uh, Put me to work. Yeah. And I, you know, I had to go back six times. And I was, you know, it's called a stage in my industry. Essentially, when you go and you work for nothing, you're an unpaid, unpaid intern is what happens is. And I went back there six days in a row and he just kept sending me away like some zilch. I'd go back and take a cab with my tail between my legs. I'd just moved to the island kind of thing. Go away. And then finally, time number six, I think he just got tired of, uh, tired of seeing me. Persistence, then, folks. Yeah. Persistence. It's amazing. My dad always said the same thing. Every yeah. job he ever had, seven days in a row, show up. Keep bugging in the morning. them and they'll eventually just give you something. Yeah. Just stop bugging them. And my industry, too. Like, eventually the saute, the saucier guy isn't going to show up and I can run pans, <laughs> you know. And I know that's going to happen. Yeah, and sure enough. Someone's going to call in sick. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I wasn't legal to work in the U.S., and that doesn't matter. I didn't want any money anyway. But with that thing, I built those relationships, and uh, I landed a really interesting gig. You know, the next year I worked for the Hawaiian Visitor Convention Bureau, and I would travel the globe with the Hawaiian Visitor Convention Bureau oh, doing radio awesome. and TV, doing cooking demonstrations from Taiwan, Tokyo, Munich, all that stuff, all on their dime, getting to see kitchens around the world, <laughs> cook around the world. All on their, wow. Yeah, all on there. You know, we're traveling with musicians, and Miss Oahu's there, and that's not horrible. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was, tough gig, eh? it, it was it was it was out of the world, out of this world, and just wow. you know, come full circle. Just because I'm a dumbbell and just wouldn't go away, I just kept showing up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's yeah, that's the story of Maui a bit. So no, and that's and what's the place called Maui that you own? So you uh, actually own it? Now. Yeah, I sold that in '05, and that oh, was okay. Big Wave Cafe. And uh, open that with a partner of mine, which is a high-profile chef, Raul Bermudez. Used to be the executive chef at the Fairmont Kealani in Maui. Oh, wow. Now he owns three restaurants in Maui. You're welcome, Raul. <laughs> and, Make sure to uh, send him a link on this. <laughs> I absolutely, absolutely will. And, uh, yeah, he's a great chef, but just never had any experience in opening a restaurant. And uh, I'm just silly enough to open restaurants. And that's uh, that's how we got that relationship started. And, see, it's that kind of like connection that, like you said, these guys opened up a brewery. And they're like, okay, guys, your beer is awesome, but your food sucks. Indeed. Let's make this work. I got the ideas for the food. You guys keep doing your thing with the brewery. And that to me, that's just such a match. Like that makes it. Like you said, you're like you got no experience owning a spot. I do. Let's partner up. Absolutely. And to me, that's what always. I love when I see that kind of relationship with people. Right. When you actually can combine talents. And to be honest, like when I look at it, it's not as common as people think. Yeah. A lot of people just like, no, no. This is the, the for example, this brewing company's mine. I don't want you anywhere near it. I'll just do it myself, right? And and a lot of times you see stuff like that fail, like in any kind of industry. 
I, I don't know if you've gotten a brewery tour yet, but I you oh, realize yeah. how complicated that system is. Oh, yeah. And I was praying to God that there's no questions about <laughs> beer or brewery because I know nothing. You know, I, mean? I absolutely know nothing. I know the beer is amazing, it's delicious, and makes me silly and that that whole business. But outside of that, yeah, that's that's all I know. Well, it's a bad solution to all the place problems. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. No, and we'll get Socrates and, and I think Steve is the other one. Yeah, that's we'll right, yeah. We'll get them on the show and they'll explain the beer process. But you're, you're talking to a, a food has been my passions for years. Beautiful. <laughs> Uh, not so much the higher and fancy foods. I'm more of a pizza guy, but hey, I love it all, man. But when I say, if you have an appreciation of food, and that's me too. Like I'm, I just got back from work, so I'm in my chef coat right now. You need to Which appreci- is awesome, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> you need to appreciate that. I love every level of food. Like I love the street meat. Like I was in Bangkok last year. I bet an Australian guy I could eat 50 grasshoppers off the street. Those fried grasshoppers. I won and I lost at the same time. <laughs> I love everything, you know, from the, at Bouch- you know, at Bouchons in, uh, in Las Vegas, Thomas Keller's place, who's probably the best chef alive right now, his 15-course tasting menu. Like, I love every level. I love finding a piece of pizza that nobody, you know, that just people are discovering. And I've even found some amazing places here in Fort McMurray. I just, give, I, us, give us an opinion. Give Because how long have you been in town now? I've been here since November 1st. Okay. And that was the first time you stepped foot in the in Absolutely. Town? <laughs> and here, and now this is going to be... hear about us beforehand? Because one of the things with the podcast, too, we like to focus on the Fort McMurray image, right? The, the whole thing is, too, what about Fort McMurray? And this is where we're going to, it's, you know, it's, I want your listeners to, to follow me to the end on this because I'm going to go <laughs> off the road a little bit hey, here. Hey, man. In a sense, too, I've said... I've been here for a while now, and what I think, first of all, I think you guys need a better public image consultant because (laughs) the actual community itself is amazing. And I'm not pandering here. If I thought it stunk, I would tell you it stunk. (laughs) It is incredible. The actual people have been beyond my wildest dreams, by far more sophisticated than anybody in Alberta ever really gave them credit for. I think is the biggest thing I think that we were all surprised, prized by. You know, in in that sense, too. Um, Generous, professional, so many... Okay, now we're going to go really off track. I thought it would be just all dudes up here. The women are fantastic. (laughs) There's beautiful, professional, interesting interesting women. It's No complaints on that. I'm going to get flack over that. And I don't care. I don't care. So, no, the actual Fort McMurray uh, experience has been fantastic. It's been really good. Really good. That's really good to hear. So give us like so culinary uh, okay. culinary tour of Fort McMurray. All right, here's the whole thing is too. Now you have to appreciate. There's not going to be a ton of high end thing here, and so I'm not going to let any secrets out there. That's that's no big deal. Mm. But I think I might have found one of my favorite pizza crusts that I've ever tried, and that's uh, in the Petrocan up in uh, up in Timberley. Never See, tri- never he's tr- the previous owner of Cosmos Pizza. I never tried it, so he used to own Cosmos Pizza here in town. Is that right? Sold it, moved back to Greece. Didn't get along with his family because he's too North Americanized and they're okay. Greek now. So he moved back here. Chris. And his, uh, yeah, his cousins were, or his Amazing. family was opening it up and he's, hey, can I set up shop in the corner of your Petrocan? Amazing. You'd never expect it to be there, right? No. So good. The actual so, dude's cleaning house, too, and because it's everyone's going to work, filling up their truck. Yep. Hey, lunch, pizza, grab a couple slices to go, right? And, and he should be cleaning house because the actual the pizza itself is amazing. One, one thing I love about when Greeks make pizza is they blend two different types of cheese. They blend mozzarella and they blend brick. So you get that thin layer. I don't want to say oil because that sounds pejorative, but the actual – it is. It's an actual – when you melt fat, you're going to get some oil. Yep. You get that and that actually – makes the crust a little crispy as well mm. and you get that brown layer of cheese on top 
top. His sauce, and I called him out on it too. I said, "Hey, your your sauce has caraway seed. How you don't know I'm having caraway seed? <laughs> He's the best. I love him. How do you know English? And I'm like, hey, well, that's what I do for a living. I go, yeah, my and it's, it's absolutely the sauce is beautiful. The pizza is incredible. So there's there's that. Yeah. Another uh, restaurant in town. I, I love calling this place out. My partners and I have been a huge fan of Miss B's. We're we're going there for the breakfast. Breakfast, the, yeah, yeah, two or three times a week for myself. Well, I, every time. Well, I'm there having the mixed grill with the bologna and the ham and the sausage. <laughs> Can I give you a high five. <laughs> Absolutely, That's all I get the beans, the homemade bread for an extra sixty cents. Sixty cents. I'm ripping you off. <laughs> See, I've never been to the new location yet because they used to be at a place. Uh, I think they already moved when you came in town. They were already Indeed. in the, but they were in what they call what we call the Garden Cafe, which is everyone that's been in town for more than what five years. Yeah, knows what the Garden Cafe was. It was a twenty-four-hour spot that was the greasiest. I heard it was a ghetto, and it was an absolute never, ghetto. Yeah, but it's where everyone went there. at three o'clock in the morning after the bar. It was drunk. Just, yeah. Drunk you? It's just like garden. <laughs> the next morning, sober you was like, "Why did I do this? I'm so sick. I wasn't but, even drunk last night." But my, that's where they kept their like. They were yeah. open for fucking years, and yeah. they finally closed down. Miss B's opened up in their location, and everyone's like, "Okay, kind of same spot, different name, right?" And then the Bumped city out right away. Well, the city's doing their whole redevelopment thing. They Absolutely. bought up the area and they put them into the spot where they're at now, which used to be a very senior eats. Frogs. No, it eats. No, Senior eats, and then it was Lisa's Bar and Grill. It was Kelly's Diner. It was it's one, another it was, one of those spots. It's been something new every yeah. year. Flip, right? I love that stuff. Yeah, uh, and uh, well, no, I'm hoping Miss B's oh, hope it, sticks it there because They're crushing literally, it. Yeah. I've been there every day of the not in consecutively, but every day of the week in the morning, and it is packed. Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, weekends. If you want a table, get there early. Like it is one of those. Well, spots. it's uh, it was a lady from Newfoundland who opened it up, mm. and she's she's done a good job. She sold it since, but they haven't changed the recipes. And like you said, you want a good breakfast in town. That's where you're gonna go, and it's packed every morning. I love it, absolutely love it. So my partners love it too. That place reminds me. I don't know if you guys are film buffs or not, but I watch a lot of. <laughs> This guy's a film buff. I watch a lot of Coen Brothers, okay? Okay, okay yes. So I watch a lot of Coen Brothers. I remember these uh, these businessmen. I can't remember what a movie it was. When they go into a diner, and it's, it's kind of had the feel of Miss B's, and the one guy kind of looks up, and he's his lawyer's suit, and he looks up at her, and he goes, uh, Baby Field Greens? And she goes, What the fuck did you call me? Oh, fuck. Uh, you don't no know idea. it? Yeah, I have no See, idea. My, uh, like, uh, I consider myself a film <laughs> buff, but my partner, my partner Tito, he, he would have known right off the bat. I know he's going to listen to this. He's going to be screaming out of his office. <laughs> but uh, I know what you're talking about, but I can't put my finger on the name of it. It always awesome. That kind of place gives me that feel, you know, where the waitresses are calling me hun and deer and that kind of stuff. I love it. I got all. <laughs> That's called Newfoundlanders. Yeah. Well, what I can got, I get you me old cock? Yeah. I, do, I always talk. Well, people, if you want to sound like a Newfoundlander, just sound like you're out of breath the whole time. <laughs> you know, what are the, hey, hey, Bob, what are the roads like? But there's always some more air there. Yeah, <laughs> enough to keep it going. Speaking of Newfoundlanders, you been to Newfoundland? Never been. No? I can't wait, though. I, I will absolutely say, yeah, go. You want to go on a culinary adventure and St. John's as some of the best seafood that I think I've ever had. The whole thing is, too, like, I, I like what they do with their food as well. I'm a, I'm a big fan of East Coast food. Can't lie. Just deep fried? Deep fried brown and gravy. <laughs> I, yeah, well, <laughs> brown and water. I don't, I don't think anybody's ever complained about deep fried food. No. I always think it gets a bad name. but No. Oh, that's awesome. So, which one is Intolerable it? Intolerable cruelty? There it is. There you go. That's right. 
Well done. The Miss um, <laughs> Bees and Tolliver Cruelty. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> now I'm going to think about that when we go in. I, like I said, I haven't been to the new location yet, so I'm dying to it, go. I'll it's, take you for breakfast. Sometime. It's interesting, too, because I think a lot of times chefs get a bad name. And I know there's a few, sh- and I've known a lot in my life, too. I remember being on a trip one time and being hung over to the nuts and needed just some huevos rancheros. And I'm in the U.S. and with another <laughs> chef, and he's a little more fancy than I am in this sense so we go into this place and I just want to get some sloppy eggs over easy and some just brutal hash browns he asked though he has the nerve in this truck stop to ask this waitress he goes what do you have for fresh fruit <laughs> at a greasy spoon absolutely and, and I love her answer he goes well I got some orange slices and some maraschino cherries from the bar garnish <laughs> <laughs> That's your fresh fruit. There. Can you make a salad yeah. out of that, please? Eat, eat up, no lines. Yeah, yeah. Eat up, stupid. Tell your story walking. You know, serves them right too. Uh, like I, I look at some of these shows that on TV that uh, something that I've always wanted to do was literally go on a road trip down like the Pacific Coast Highway or something and hit these diners and all these small towns because I think that's where you, you find some of the most interesting people you eat some of those interesting food because everyone knows what a greasy spoon is but every greasy spoon has something different to offer family you? history a different background and even a different type of food yeah. too right like I know what, what is it the one that uh, you go up to the fish you ever eaten at the fish place up here in Thickwood I hear it's great I haven't had a chance yet for some reason there's alligator on the menu Oh my! It, it's, it's all and it has always been on the menu. It's but it's like just the weirdest new. spot, you know what I mean? To have alligator at a fish it's place kind of a in the fish, middle of it? in the middle of fucking Fort McMurray. <laughs> yeah, so if you ever want to eat a dinosaur, here's your chance, folks. Because that's <laughs> that's really what you're eating. Uh, you know, hair is really good too. What I like about the well, one thing you brought up is just the experimenting of food. If I could get one message across from you here too, especially like to married men and women, like we all. Are hedonists by nature, and the whole—I'm not a married guy, lady. Anyways, I'm not a married. <laughs> uh, Chef Dave, at the yeah, Buffalo yeah. Drink. <laughs> I'm not a—I'm not a married guy. But if I was, I would become even more experimental with my food because the whole thing is too. I'm. I'm experimenting with, you know, pleasures of the flesh without cheating on my wife in sense like that. And the, that if I could, theory. Look, that is a good way of looking at. Absolutely, it. the whole thing is too. If I could push somebody in a direction, it's like even when you go away and you have all the tools now. To seek out good restaurants. When I mean good restaurants, again, I'm talking about every level. We have stuff like Urban Spoon and TripAdvisor. Find out who's killing it as an independent place. When you go to Edmonton, skip the chilies. Find an independent place like a mom and pop. Even if it's, you know, hear me out. Even if it stinks, you're having an experience. You know, your, your yeah. cells are dividing. Your life is becoming better. You're having more. You ex- have a story. You have a story. You have an experience. But if it's awesome, now you feel you have something you need to share with somebody. And, and that's tell everyone. And that's what life's about. You know what I mean? Now we all know what Olive Garden's going to be. You're going to get B minus foods served by some douchebag that doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> Go to somewhere you're going to actually have an experience. And I mean, there are, even in Edmonton and Calgary, there are some world class restaurants. Like, it's one thing that I know a lot of people in for Mac travel. Like, everyone makes the big bucks. They're like, hey, I'm going somewhere sure. for the winter, right? Or for, for a week or for a trip. Biggest thing I've always done, especially the travels I've taken, is the rule. We're not going to a spot that is located in Fort McMurray. Yeah. That re- it goes down to fast food. It goes down to I love your, it. your quick lunch. And it goes down to your high-end you supper, Cal- right? You go to California, you have to go to In-N-Out. In-N-Out, Jack in the Box. All the ones that you have. All the ones that you see on the dicks. For the last, what is it, two, three years I said I want to go to Chicago. 
L.A. and New York. And Brilliant. everybody's like, oh, what are you going to do when you get there? Are you going to go see us? I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to go get some street meat. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to pull up the diners, drive-ins, and dives. Absolutely. I'm going to hit up all of those. And it, like that's that's pretty much what you do on vacation. You I'm a Donair guy, and I've never had a better Donair than a street vendor outside the Waldorf Hotel in New York. I love it. Absolutely fucking fantastic. I'll hunt him down. It took, like. it, well, it took me a minute to figure out what falafel was. I'm not the greatest guy in the world. But I'm like, falafel? I'm like, I know I want a Donair. And he's like, falafel. I'm like, Donair, right? Because I can see it. That's what it looks like on the yeah, yeah. right? So finally the girlfriend was like, just shut up and take it. It's a fucking Donair. I'm like, oh, okay. The fucking thing was delicious, right? And that's what I'm talking about. Even... Like independent restaurants and that shit. That's we're the last punk rock. Like in the sense, as far as <laughs> no, as far as business goes, you think about everything is taken away by multinationals and massive yep. independent restaurant. You don't have an independent car maker. You don't have an you know. Or True. In, yeah. in that sense, this is the last stand. You know, support. I don't want to even say I'm the little guys, but just. You know, have an experience in your life. Just uh, make a like a small decision by punching in, like I say, Urban Spoon again, yep. and and get into it a little bit, and you know, enjoy your life a little more. If I could, if I could spread that around. Well, take us through what the Wood Buffalo Brewing Company has to offer food wise. Okay, this has been my whole theme with this kind of thing, and it's it's interesting too because, you know, when you have a brew pub, you're going to hit you know certain you know connotations of what a what a menu should be on a brew pub, and the whole thing is I find challenging is you're going to have certain things. Okay, I'm going to start this not necessarily over again. Of course, it's going to have a a lot of people said like as soon as they said microbrewery, people were in. But when people started when it was opening or getting close to opening, and the menu started getting released, people were like, "This place serves food." A lot of people were shocked at it. Let's be honest here: the star of the show is always going to be the beer, and and that's and that's fine. Like the beer is going to come in, but the thing is. I need to to make fans of my food and stuff like this. And, you, you know, I've used a lot of food talk and whatnot. Don't get scared away, folks. Like, of course, I've got fish and chips. Of course, i got a club sandwich product and wings and whatnot. But what I'm trying to do is kick your head in with my products. I want it to be so memorable that I, you crave it in the middle of the night. I need, <laughs> I need yes. to make the best wings. I need – the whole thing is, too, if we go off the rails on something like a club sandwich, I serve mine on naan bread, which is sort of an Indian bread, but I do it with a chipotle aioli. I'm roasting whole turkey. I'm pulling the turkey apart. I've got a dry rub that I use. You know, that's oh, – attention to detail me. and stuff, like the type of bacon that I use. And then I bring in I just other, want to say the quality of bacon at the Wood Buffalo Brewery. You're kind. No, See? listen. And <clears throat> the first night I was there, I was like, this standard needs to stay. Thick cut, crispy, delicious. I had to interject. See, not, well, you, not the fake bullshit fantastic. cut. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. You get it. And it's that's good. bacon. That's what it's all about. And that's the thing, too. But then I get – so the whole thing is, too, you need those staples. And I would say, like, certain items, okay, like a hamburger and nachos and stuff like that, those are items that are so good in my mind. Like, just they can only disappoint. You know what I mean? Because there's a certain standard. It's also like with pizzas as well. Pizza can only disappoint in my mind. Very true. It's pizza and sex live next door in the sense that even lousy pizza is still pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, it's true. In that sense too. It's still so, a joke. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go for that one. Right away. We were both ru- we were both running for the same joke, just trampling each other. And the thing is, I have other. How can I say this? Signature items that I... Well, I've traveled the world cooking. Of course, I'm going to bring a lot of stuff, like my crispy mackey lobster roll, which essentially is a, a sushi roll that I wok fry in a tempura batter. I slice it. I use Hawaiian shoyu, which is a Hawaiian soy sauce. Uh, uh, what do you call it? A sweet chili aioli, sweet chili, served with pickled ginger. I love it. I've had this on menus probably about 15 years now. Same as my chocolate souffle, which I store off Roy Yama, stole off Roy Yamaguchi's pastry chef years ago. <laughs> if you're listening, yeah, I stole it. We all, we all know I stole it. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't leave your shit lying around. 
Like, honestly, it's only Remember got... Remember when s- you left those ingredient cards <laughs> yeah, out? seriously. <laughs> what a dumbbell. <laughs> anyway, so I've made a million bucks off that little souffle recipe. Nice. But that's, you know, what it comes down to is I'm trying to serve recognizable items and then present them in a way... I love presenting food. Like, I love... You know, garnishing techniques, and you, you could gentlemen have eaten in my place a few times. And that certain, you know, I spin carrots, I spin beets, certain way, I, you know, certain styles. Presentation is key for food, man. Absolutely. I, I remember I've gotten in arguments with this, and I'll never forget it. The first time I argued with this, uh, all through high school, I worked at BP's, just your basic weekend job. And I remember arguing with the kitchen manager that was there. His name was Nick Break. Nick, I know, I know you're listening because you, <laughs> I mean, you work together now, and but we did before as well. And you're the one that taught me presentation is key because I never would think about it and so one day he's like fine he literally we set it up I, we had two dishes both identical he's like you just mash it up put whatever the hell you want on it and send it out and I'll do the presentation style I got mine called back it was pasta it was fucking ravioli and mine got sent back I think they said it was too cold and then another customer because we got we did it throughout the day another customer said that it was uh, I'm not cooking or something like that Like, and, but every time it got sent back and just because like, of presentation. I'm like, well, of course, that's what Nick was saying. I still think to this day that he was paying those people to send it back. <laughs> I really don't give a shit. But it, that that was enough to prove that presentation is key. And I learned it myself, too, be, being a food fan, where you got to see going to some of these uh, places in Vegas. Sure. Absolutely. Presentation does make it worth Sushi. I've seen sushi piled on and it looks absolutely disgusting. Wouldn't touch it with a fucking 10-foot pole because I'm just experiencing my sushi palate now. Right. Some of the stuff in town here. The presentation is beautiful. Sure. Oh, you know what? I'll give that a shot. Holy shit. This is actually pretty tasty. Absolutely. Probably tastes the same as the shit one, but I wouldn't <laughs> touch the shit one. You know what I mean? Presentation yep. is absolutely key in food. Enough. Well, let's take something as arbitrary as like my bacon wrap meatloaf dish. Okay. By it's- the way, fucking <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I ordered meatloaf and somebody was like, what are you, 50? I was like, you shut your fucking mouth. For the rest is amazing. Before I had a chance to get the mics going, Christian was telling Dave, he's like, man, I've been there like 20 times. So They've only been open like 24 I, days. No, I fucking love it because I'm sitting here like I, I've, I haven't been there enough as I want to. You guys are open for lunch now, so I'm going to be there yeah. often. Now that especially with the little one. But I got the expert food taster and I got the expert food maker, so I'm loving it. <laughs> the thing is, too, like a meatloaf, we all know, you know, our mothers all made us meatloaf. And my mom's was B minus. I'm sorry, mom, your meatloaf kind of stunk. <laughs> but the thing is, too, if I've got a great recipe, and the whole thing is, too, I would tell everybody it's my mom's. It's not my mom's. <laughs> Come on, this. But if I present it on these. Not mom's meatloaf. No. Sorry, mom. If, if I'm I just see people now going, fuck! <laughs> if I'm stacking it and presenting it in sort of that vertical style that they use a lot in Las Vegas and a lot of places in New York, and I've got balsamic syrup and basil oil, and you've seen the presentation. That's the thing. I want people to look at it and think they're on a hidden camera show. I really do. I yeah. want them to be looking over their shoulders going, what the hell? This yeah. is unreal well, I remember looking. it came to our table. The boys wrote, you have a pool table in the back of the restaurant. That's right, yeah. And if you take those two tables, basically you have your own little restaurant. By the, a little I, side. I, you know what? I'm... Can we cut that out? Because literally, I fucking love that corner. No, seriously, cut that out. Yeah, you just made it cool. Everyone's gonna flock to it. Nobody else, nobody else can be around that pool table because you have nowhere to stick a beer, right? So if you if you have that corner hunkered down, you have a TV, a pool table, and a waitress just to yourself, pretty much. That's right. Like that is fucking phenomenal. And the men's bathroom's right there. Like. What, what more do you need in your <laughs> life, know, honestly? Can we and not podcast from so, there, Tom? So, so anyways, um, 
it, it showed up. We were there for wings, beers, and pool. Right on. And I was just like, no, guys, I haven't had supper. I, I even skipped lunch. Busy day. I'm going to get the meatloaf. And they made the 50 joke. It showed right. up. And everybody was just kind of, oh, fuck. What's that? What, what is that? And I was like, it's ground up steak. It's going to go down faster. It tastes delicious. Absolutely. My body doesn't even have to do the work. No one's digesting. touching oh, it but yeah. me. No, actually, everybody kind of like tried forking. I slapped forks away. <laughs> they pulled and away they, a stump. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, but seriously, like it, the presentation was amazing to the point where when I ordered it, I got made fun of when it showed up. Sure. Mm, it, it, got a t- converted it got attention. Easily. Oh, easily. I like it. And that's you're, you're, you're preaching to my choir. That's, that's the style of my food. So, yeah, that's what it's about. What's your favorite one on the menu? Oh, geez. You know, I get this question a lot. Like, what should I eat and stuff like this? And the whole thing is, too, I'm a mood guy. You know, it all mm. depends on what I'm in the mood for. Good. See, and right now, you just gave a perfect quote to me that I always said the sign of a good chef. What's your favorite meal? And whenever I'm right off the bat, they're like, oh, the souffle, do this, this. I always have one. But I love it when they answer, you know what? I, I have different palates for each day of the week. Absolutely. What did I have earlier today? Am I hungover today? <laughs> yeah, like, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, these, these are real questions. You know, if I was hungover, you know, my bacon cheddar, uh, you know, my bacon cheddar cheeseburger, it's a cl- classic. And it's actually an entry. You'll see me. I'm on a pilot for Food Network. It was called Burger Wars. Hey. And I, and I produced that one Ooh. on there. Yeah, the burgers. The weird thing is, too, here, I'm going to go on a diatribe about burgers now. So here we go. <laughs> you're, you're talking to fans. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, one thing I've always said is a burger, the actual patty, first of all, should be treated like a steak. You don't press it. You don't squeeze it. You don't load it up with fillings and whatnot. Cracked pepper, fleur de sel, or just like sea salt and stuff like this. Flat top to get the caramelization of the burger. The bun, it should frame the sandwich, so it needs to be soft in this sense, too. On the heel, oh, now I'm using technical language, everybody. <laughs> on the heel of the bun, I like the Dijon mustard, because the whole thing is, too, the yellow mustard, to me, is like a for birthday parties. You know what I mean? I'm not 11. I like an adult. It's, it's a barbecue in a park. <laughs> yeah. I, like, a, I like, a, like an adult mustard. I like a sour pickle on those levels, because the acid goes with the burger, goes with the Dijon. In the middle, I got my excellent aged cheddar on top i got the mayonnaise that goes with my leaf lettuce my red onion and then a nice slice of slice of tomato that's a burger to me ones where it's dripping down the side of your face and whatnot that's that's living i don't i don't care where you're from the burger (laughs) burgers have been bad i don't know why burgers got so bastardized because i think they're such a perfect food to start with fast Fast food food burgers and that's what it is people people harass me all the time for lunches going out for like a slice of pizza at hughes pizza i'm going to assume you've been there um, it's right across the street from you guys. Have not been. Okay. And then, or- I was going to say, you, you gave credit to Petro, which I want to give it a shot, but I'll do a quick shout out now to what I think is the best pizza in town. You've got to give Hughes Pizza a try. I will absolutely go you there. Literally tomorrow. walk out the front Well, door. no, I want to know your Ow. opinion. I want to compare it to the Petro place. Please there, do. Because, uh, like, this guy. I he re- he remembers everyone. He's one of those hometown community guys. I Love remember it. I remember going to him in grade fucking nine. I was literally there for today for lunch. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but pizza and and burgers when it's made right and you don't consume a whole fucking pizza or three burgers. Sure. It's a whole meal. But I have eaten oh, three I'm not, burgers and no, a whole pizza. But no, like you go to, like, I don't care what anyone says, you compare a fucking Big Mac to a place that you get at, like, the Wood Buffalo Brewing Company. Like, it's fucking apples and oranges. It's night and day. Yeah. You're not ordering the same thing. Like, you, yeah, it may have the same name as a burger, but it's totally different. Yeah, I find, like, you go to a restaurant and order a burger, it's not the same as whipping through a fucking drive thru. Absolutely not. Yeah. Apples and oranges. Really? I'm a wordsmith, and the best I could come up with is apples and oranges? <laughs> Horrible. Ugh. It's, my, it's, it's the lowbrow of the podcast. It's just rubbing off on you. Take you down. It's those lift kit lager I'm drinking now. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and to me, like I said, a lot of people, when they found out that this place was serving food and the quality of food that it's getting, 
it, it, it's literally the icing on of a, a very very good cake already because of the like I said of the beer and a the, the community focused beer that they give. Right? Well, you know what the biggest challenge is, and you have to appreciate that you know Fort McMurray is is a really big small town. Like word travels like lightning fast. I'm finding around this town. Oh, yeah. And that's uh, you know we're, we're sensitive to it, and we're we're very aware. That's why we needed to come out of the gates hot and fast and awesome. Because people won't give a shit if I you know they only only been open for three days. They don't they don't care. You got to be good off the top. You got to be good off the top. And an enormous amount in my end for the kitchen, an enormous amount of planning and training and picking the right equipment and picking and the how right. How is that set up? Because I remember uh, me and Teresa McBurn Musings there. We got a tour with Socrates uh, right at the first part of December, last part of November. Right. And I was actually like, hey, yeah. So they took us down into the brewery and we're downstairs in the brewery. And then we walked in. And it's like, here's the kitchen. I'm like, we're in the basement. Right, the kitchen set up downstairs, which Absolutely. I find very, very interesting. Like how, like obviously you had input on that. Like how did you set well, it up? I designed the I designed the whole kitchen, and what I designed is essentially is a Ferrari. I designed a Ferrari downstairs that is world class. I uh, it looks great. It's uh, I got two uh, Rationale ovens. Two th- <laughs> Listen to me, I'm going to get all nerdy on. Do it, hey, man, geek out. You I, have no idea how much we geek out. On the show. <laughs> okay, good. These two ovens I bought are world class. They're thirty seven thousand dollars each. They are the absolute state of the art ovens. It is amazing. The whole thing. Yeah, I could go off on a whole different level there. But the actual amount of planning that I put into that kitchen to be able to produce the kind of food and the volume of food that we're doing. Yeah, it's. I'm so glad that it's come together because it's. Uh, it's kept me up a lot of nights. I've burned a ton of <laughs> calories putting that, putting, putting those pieces in place. Yeah. Well, like I said, and I was always wanted to know uh, a server's opinion because they got to literally carry the food up and down a flight of stairs. Well, and that's. Uh, but coming from a fat guy now, I'm just like, holy <laughs> shit! I'm like that's a lot of work, right? You know what's interesting is like in the United States or a lot of other places where you know square footage is a big deal in places like Which New York. Which is in Morrison Center. That's uh, that's not that far of a travel. No, you know, and when you're running with food runners like we run with food runners so your actual server won't bring you your food and that's that's a very uh big center kind of place to do and the kind of volumes we're doing we we definitely need that and uh that keeps everybody in shape me included i think i've dropped a few pounds running up and down those stairs so did you guys have any issues getting any hired like kitchen help like what kind of how much staff do you got i'm gonna be completely honest with you here like i was i would really thought i was gonna have a nightmare finding qualified cooks in this town and uh, I want to take them all back to my other places in Jasper. Yeah, you'd be amazed. Uh, a lot of it's my friends that work out at sites, awesome. surveyors, plumbers, they they got a trade when they got up here. Cause right. It's, it's very high-rent talent, so forth and so on. But sure. professionally trained, I and I'm not going to be able to go into the lingo, but right. Cordon Bleu, I, I got some people from PEI that were at... Uh, Cordon Bleu isn't it just a dish? Holland College. No, Cordon... Or, well, or, well, the big ones, yeah, it used to be Cordon Bleu used to be the big culinary oh, school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Tusky. <laughs> I'm like, I know what I'm talking about, but anyway, because a lot of them are, have been trained, but they're they're working out as out at site in camps, just literally chopping. Yeah. But for three times what they make in other places, right? Absolutely. And, but there's so many trained people here in town, right? I w- I'm absolutely blown away at the quality of cooks we've been able to track. Now, here's a little secret about the restaurant business, too. You get to be a good restaurant, and you attract good cooks, which makes you a better restaurant, which attracts good cooks, and the circle of life continues. If it's the truth. Maintain Co- your high standards. Keep your high standards. Cooks, get high quality. Cooks want to work in good places. They don't want to serve shit ingredients. They don't want to be in a lousy environment. They want to be going to a kitchen that rocks and just produces that has good. the state-of-the-art well, ovens. That has the state-of-the-art When you're walking into a kitchen that's built like a Ferrari. That's exactly right. That's literally... You're no one wants to, to keep working in a Chevette, my friend. <laughs> See, I could have designed a kitchen downstairs. <laughs> I could have designed a kitchen downstairs that had 22 microwaves. Mm-hmm. You know, really. And a bunch of stuff to boil and bag. 
you know, and uh, I'll tell you guys right now, that's what BPs does. I think everyone knows that. You uh, just ruined of every constitution. I've always me. said BPs was a McDonald's with bigger seating. It's yeah, just uh, fucking- this is Dave Husro talking. I didn't say that. Just, <laughs> j- just in case Boston Pizza ever wants to hire me in the future to be their corporate yeah. chef, you know that uh, I had nothing to do with well, that statement. If you so. do, if you do get hired on as a corporate chef, please change it up a bit because Jesus, <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. We're following cooking fundamentals, and uh, you know, and talented. Even when I was. Growing up, and I was doing my apprenticeship. I only wanted to work in good places, you know, good places that you know the chef gives a shit about what they're doing, and that you get that track servers that want to serve good food. One perpetuates the other. It's uh, people that care. Yeah, man, and that comes back to that whole punk rock statement. Look, we're not Walmart, we're not McDonald's. We're really doing it. We're really cooking food. We're really brewing beer. Is there anything more? You know, out there, then you know we're we're brewing beer. This is old school shit. It's true, this yeah. is this this is Al Capone stuff. When you hear <laughs> and like I said, we're going to get Steven Socrates on the show, and and Dave, I want you back. The uh, when you hear them talk about the beer brewing process, it'll blow your fucking mind. Like hops and barley's, I knew what they were. Didn't think they were. Uh, I knew they were a part of the process, but Jesus Christ, they are the process, right? Like you literally need to buy your hops and barley's from a, a high. You need that high quality to get the high quality beer, right? And the stuff that they tell you about is absolutely unreal. But the best quote Socrates gave me that I absolutely <laughs> loved was when he was talking about opening the first spot, and Jasper was the first one. That's right. right yeah. When he he opened up the first one, it got as successful as it did. And he's now, bam, Fort McMurray, Calgary Snacks. He's talking about maybe going to Grand Prairie. He's talking about expanding. And he, I'm like, wow, like, did you, and like Dave said, dude's only 31. Did you ever think this would happen, Socrates? He's like, really? I was just brewing beer with my friends. Yeah, that's what he was doing. Yeah. Absolutely. And I figured that quote is just like, that's so fucking amazing, right? Just, I'm having fun just doing this. Absolutely. Just like I was telling you about the podcast. If I only had two or three listeners, I'd still be doing it. That's and right. I think that shows through so disgustingly well like you walk in beyond and the atmosphere well. is there so talking about having good chefs talking about having good waitresses if you're and bartenders because like taking your time serve, not pushing the opening in December, but if you're right? if your boss is grumpy and a dick and doesn't want to be there it's it's Who just shit runs that? downhill right absolutely so i've done three brew tours with socrates did the tour and i did one when uh, steve did one <laughs> you're a stalker <laughs> I'm with a group of people, and they're like, I, I bring all my friends there. Are you mouthing the words as everybody goes through? <laughs> Steve, Steve, take a break. I'm going to take this one. After the third one, Socrates was like, do you just want to do the next one? I'm like, fuck yeah. off, man. Well, no, he can't. Yes. Go, like, literally, I, I've been there, like, five nights in a row sometimes, because it's like, hey, Christian, you want to go for a pint? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Where are you guys? What Buffalo? I'm like, oh, Quite God, literally the other literally, day. Literally, like, I would just four days in a row. Now this would be fit, but whatever. But they do the tour. I'm not going to sit in a big fucking booth by myself. <laughs> So I just kind of like, what's up, what's up? And Socrates is like, Christian will tell you. Meh, 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 meh. Uh, to be honest, I'm not going to sit there by myself. But no, it, it, it shows. Like, he can literally, I've done three tours with him, and none of them been the same. And I mean, like, he barely even touches on the same thing. That's very cool. The fact cool. that he can take somebody through, uh, do three separate tours that are like 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, and I've learned something new every single time. That guy, I bet if you could sit down with him, he would talk for three days straight oh, yeah. until he passed out. He is beer. as passionate about beer as I am about food. And yeah, exactly. That's, and that's what's, you know. Well, I want a kitchen good. tour now. I want to see this Ferrari. Uh, is, I got I to look at it when uh, when we did our tour, like before she was finished in early December. But I want to see your, your finished Well, product. you know what we're going to do? And the whole thing is, too, we can uh, we can get you in a set of whites, get you in an apron and a hat, and we'll get you in there for a night of service. You know, we'll get you we'll get you calling <laughs> bills, get you building something. Absolutely. Get hey, in there. Yeah. You used to work in the kitchen too. It's not no, no. Yeah, that's, I, I, said, I, I used to love working in BP's kitchen, but I want to see an actual non 
fast food kitchen. Step right on. Once Step again, Todd talking, yeah. not Dave. <laughs> Absolutely. But no, and I think that, that kind of passion for a job reflects in your success level. It shines through. Uh, you're talking about the stuff that you've owned in Maui. You've got, what's the place in Jasper again? I have Takara restaurant, which is a high-end place, yeah. Well, I'm, no, I'm going there next time I'm right in Jasper. On. I want to check it out. But the quality you put in, like I've never, in my old age, I'm fucking 30, that I've never, <laughs> that I've never ranked you. You know how your parents always told you and you had all your bullshit teachers tell you, you're like, you only get what you put in. Yeah, yeah, shut up. Give me my certificate and say I'm done this course. When it comes to what you're passionate about, it is so true. You will literally get what you put in. You get out of it what you put into it. And I think that it's apparent in this amazing, amazing chef that we're talking with right now, this amazing company that we're talking with, and in just everything that we do. You're very kind. You're being very kind. But I think what we're, if we could get one message across here, and I don't want to get all navel-gazily and existential and de Chopra on us, <laughs> is in the end we're all dead. You know, In the end we're all dead, and we've got to fill our time with doing stuff we really want to do. You know, these, food. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if the whole thing is too, I'm not, uh, you know, I can make as many paper purchasing rectangles as I want in my life and, and, and stack all that stuff. But at my quality of life, it's more important to me than anything. I'm trying to surround myself with people that want to do what they want to do. What I want to do is drink beer, make amazing food. You know, that's awesome. really. And that's I'm trying to kick the shit out of this life. I'm trying to see as much as I can. I'm trying to meet as many pretty girls as I can. <laughs> I want to golf as many golf courses. I want to pound as many beers and surf as many waves. And that's what it's about. Like, honestly, like just. No, it's true. And that's one argument that I've had with my parents to the fucking. And I'm going to have it to the day that we're all dead is I don't want to die rich. I don't. Well, you got to appreciate what rich means, too. The fact that, well, I was born in Canada. I'm pretty sure you gentlemen were born in Canada as well. That's winning a pretty giant lottery mm-hmm. a, as it is. You know, it's a pretty good starting point. We, we've, made good it, point. <laughs> we've made it this far. Like, I'm 43 years old. You have to think about this. 100 years ago, the average life expectancy was 40. So that would explain why I've been emotionally dead for three years inside. But <laughs> that's that's a different Don't story. Don't sure you, ladies. Yeah, that's... But that's, you know, this 43 is, is the new 21. It, evidently. <laughs> well, look at this genetic gift of hair I've been blessed with, too. So, but that's, I'm, we're, we should be trying to grab for more of that. I think it's insulting to other cultures that aren't blessed or as privileged or however you want to put it oh, as, as, as we are. And, uh, you know, if we're, if we're a little complainy or a little lazy or, or this kind of thing, it's, it's a little, it's like, that rich kid that gets a pony for his birthday, I wanted a white pony. We're being dicks. Yeah. We're being absolute dicks. So let's let's kick the shit out of this gift we got and really ride it and, you know, let's see where we can go with this. Well, where that adventure starts is the what buff the break <laughs> Oh, Christ. He's making it sound like an Hold infomercial. I have, I have to ask. Uh, I assume you've seen Tron of the Dead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So have you seen his little... Holy Did you make shit. That? What's that? Did you oh, make that? Yeah. Did you see this? The I don't think. I, I always, I always wanted to see if they ever seen it. Yeah. The, uh, oh, sorry, enemies. sorry for busting. No, it, keep talking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull uh, it up there. So, going on, going on your point, my dad. Uh, just to go back while he tries to find that, um, my dad makes this joke. Well, kind of a joke. It's, uh, I, I don't know what to call it, but whenever we sit down and have lobster as a family, or whenever we, and that's kind of, a, I want to say, a delicacy or not an everyday thing here in Canada. Okay. He goes. Well, not in this section anyway. We should all think. <laughs> we should all think what the poor people are doing, right? Right. Yeah, I right? think all our parents the, the used to say that. Yeah. Had, yeah. Like, and and I always thought it was he was kind of making a joke of being insulting, but literally, if you have the ability to go out and buy something that literally we're we're landlocked and we're buying something that's from hundreds of kilometers away, indeed, no problem. 
it's 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 something to think about, right? Well, the opportunity, like you bought a restaurant in Maui, like really? How many? <laughs> no, no, seriously. How yeah. many? How many? Like how many fucking chefs have been wanting to do that? You, have, you know what I mean? Like it's pro- you apply yourself, you can set yourself out. Is well, it attainable to do? Well, you have to appreciate too. Like even as a young guy, I got a a good glimpse into the restaurant business in the sense when I was working at a place called Terry Steak and Pizza, and I used to remember talking to the chef and I used to think he was a male like Terry Steak and Pizza how good of a can it be in but when you're 14 <laughs> you know your idols are <laughs> you're pretty easily swayed I'm like look at this chef this is amazing what does he make a year he's probably like making $19,000 a year but the owner pulls up in a jag you know I'm like <laughs> probably gonna have to own a restaurant too alright I'm having a look Oh my god, that's a great push picture. <laughs> yeah, so that's, oh, that's amazing. One. Everyone was fucking flipping out about uh, that is too funny about the highways being closed. What was that a week ago? Maybe a little bit more. <clears throat> yeah, and like literally, people were just like, "Go gas up now!" And they literally just announced that the highways closed for the night. Right? And is like, it closed for the night right now? Not right now. We're okay. good now. <laughs> we're good now. Because <laughs> I, I got I got my lesson last week as far as Fort McMurray goes and as far as groceries goes. And this is okay. This is the yeah. whole thing too. Wait, which store did you go to though? No, hear me out. Now this is this is gonna this is gonna go on a weird wild quick adventure i won't be long-winded this time but the whole thing is too when the roads close all the people that are from town here yeah the roads are closed i'm looking at my freezer and my cooler and they're empty because we've been getting our heads kicked in every night with being so busy everybody helped me out like jameet from the the chef the who was an amazing guy from the mac island helped me out that you spoke i of see the, him there almost oh you, so yeah. you called upon some uh, some fellow uh, he, he offered he uh-huh. heard i was in trouble and he offered me up a few things you know what i mean oh, and uh, hey. the, the, what is it, the fish house in town is that what it's called fish place fish place they uh, yeah Davis. absolutely yeah they wanted to lend me some french fries man that's that's, that's a, a fucking big shout that's out, a community actually, man and this is my point because i called my mom too about it. she goes <laughs> i was born in thompson manitoba which is way up north as well and I was telling her, like, what a sense of community. Now I sound like I'm pandering again. What a sense of community this place is. And she goes, well, Dave, if that road closes down, you're, you're all, all you have is each other. <laughs> it's fucking true, though. It, it is. It's fucking true to it's an extent. absolutely right? true. It's, you know? Like, as much as people were panicking, and of course, I don't think it'll ever be closed. Well, knock on wood. That'll ever be closed long enough for that we start to get to right. that fucking uh, survival style. But literally, like, that is an awesome fucking story. So you're out of food and you had other people come offer you aid absolutely other, other, awesome, uh, other chefs and other, like you know even Jameet said and I'll never forget this when I was I was thanking him profusely he goes hey man we all wear the same color coat you know what we're talking about <laughs> we're all we're all wearing the same whites here it's and he's absolutely so I thought that was so cool I, I'm glad I got to give a shout out to him he, no, he really helped me out of a bind no that's awesome the uh but hopefully, knock on wood, like I said, it won't get down to a point where we do only have one highway in and out. So, well, we got two technically, <laughs> but uh, it seems to be like a winter storm kind of kicked our ass for that one week. But yeah, I made that little meme just because. If I could compare one thing too, it was when I was living on Maui when there used to be on like the barge strikes and the, like the barges wouldn't run anymore. All of a sudden, toilet paper was a form of currency. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like trading cigarettes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're you're in prison, and all of a sudden Can't you're spare a square. You know, I don't have a square. To, I don't have a square to spare. What's wrong with her? That mouthful of gum like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's the inside Seinfeld hour. Oh, so hey, man. we can talk Seinfeld all night. That's, uh, Seinfeld has the greatest podcast in a while. That was good. Um, fuck. Rad. All right, what direction you want to go now, 52, boss? Fifty-two, man. You lead. What, what else? You, what are you? What are you wondering right now? You're craving Wood Buffalo Brewery right now because this is your first night. And you're not there. 
Cute. Real cute. <laughs> Thanks, Toski. Uh, no, I just, you know what? I like the atmosphere. I like the... Um, I, I was kind of geeking out about this uh, buddy of mine named Troy. He works at Rogers. He's one of the salespeople there. He's from Calgary. And they have microbrews. They have microbrews there. And uh, so Where, Troy... Rogers? Uh, no, in, in Calgary. Oh, so oh, right. my buddy yeah, yeah. who works at Rogers, uh, I was kind of geeking out with him saying uh, I was taking him over for the first time. We were meeting some of his coworkers, some of my friends. And uh, I'm just like, man, this really I think this really solidifies Fort McMurray as a city. Before we were a town or the armpit of Alberta, but having our own brew house, well, you guys own it, but you guys are disgustingly for, Fort McMurray oriented. You are you named a good majority of your stuff after the tongue-in-cheek Ooh, jokes about in Fort McMurray, topic, right? Gold next. digger lager, Absolutely. lip kits. Um, the life shortening poutine, which is fucking phenomenal. Thank you. I've heard so um, many good things. There's like the a pound of pulled pork on it, plus bacon. Yeah. You're full by the time you get to the fucking fries. And it's you're, amazing. And, and you're gonna die. <laughs> literally, we, we calculated like literally. Wait, literally, the name I had to put the name like that. I felt my pulse after. I was like, that was two months. Yeah. That's two months off my life. So. I'm taking him over, and I'm, I'm really stoked out and just losing my mind that uh, we have a brew house. That And from what Socrates has said and from meeting Steve, uh, how community-oriented you guys were, It's we might get some – we get recipes that aren't what they use in – and I'm speaking uh, more specifically about the beer right. – that they don't use in Jasper and sure. won't use in Calgary. And so I'm geeking out about this, and he's like, yeah, we already have these in Calgary. Like he totally squashed my moment, but wow. fuck him. I'm not worried about that. It's, <laughs> we it haven't really, had that. We haven't had that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm born and raised for McMurray. You moved here when you were – I've been here 20 years. Yeah, so nice. you're pretty much raised here. Um, it, it really, I feel, can – it, it solid. I've already said it, but solidifies us as a as a community. Well, no, and that's a very good as point. A city. Like, like I can count. I like we've always had. Uh, it's either been a Montana's or a PP's. Like Earl's Moxie's Montana's. The mom and pop spots have been very sporadic. Like atmosphere. Uh, Tio Mario's, <laughs> the one that changes every fucking yeah, year. Another yeah. one that's been changed every year. <laughs> Cedars was a great spot. It's now Long Shots. That's gone. Yep. We've never had. Uh, well, I don't want to say that because everyone's gonna be like, "What the fuck? We've been here forever." A one steakhouse, man. But We've always had a very few mom and pop stuff, very few local spots. Interesting. And as much as this one is "quote unquote" a franchise, the franchise part of it is just the upper level. What is the licensing well, we're, part? We're still it's, privately owned. We're still yeah, exactly. so we're not franchise. It's very, yeah. No, it's not. Sorry, not franchise. But like as much as there's other spots of this type of stuff everywhere, right. I'm totally back up into a wall here. Someone help me. Are you guys trying? You know what I'm trying to say? It's, it's we're reading your mail. We're with you, big guy. Yes, we got you right com- here. It's a community. F- Focused beer culture that I'm reading on the back of the growler. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Oh, I'm totally going to edit that to make myself sound a bit better. I wanted to go back to like the the life shortening poutine there we and go. stuff like this. I'm at a stage. Well, like I said, I'm 43, so I went and saw. Him. I had to get like a, a full physical just a little while ago. And uh, you know, I have. I'm a chef. I eat a lot of bacon. I eat a lot of duck. I eat a lot of duck fat and goose fat and everything that's supposed to be to kill you. And my cholesterol came back a bit high. And my doctor's like, well, if you, like, removed bacon, you can get an extra five years out of your life. And I'm like, well... Fuck you. No. It's not miserable ass five years. And I'm like, which five years? You know, you give me 26 to 31, we might have a deal. But if we're seventy nine to eighty four, eat it. No, yeah. I'm, I'm. It's it's all me. I'm sticking uh, with the bacon. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> but no, we've been so long. Like Mitchell's has been a staple in town. Yeah, uh, they are fantastic. I, I hear they have amazing coffee and amazing sandwiches. They are sunshine, sunshine really? bread, buddy. It's this big, love it. Thick, pillowy uh, yellow I bread. Love it. Yeah. He makes a sandwich of the day, a soup of the day. It's so simple, but that's it's it's. 
our only mom and pop. Basically, to edit out my ramblings before, and I finally figured out something better to say, is we've been dominated by franchises of this town. It's good to have more local spots, even though you guys are local in a couple other different spots. You're a community-based brewery in the town right now, and I think that's exactly what this place needs. I'm totally on board when you say we feel... It, it's, it's taken... It's funny how I'm saying this about a fucking brewery and, and a restaurant, but it's literally taken this town to the next level. And I want Socrates to say that because I think it literally it, has. You hit the nail on the head when you said we feel compete. we feel like a, a, a city now. Well, yeah. it, it filled a niche. Well, <laughs> we appreciate. It. We love being here. Like, honestly. and to see you guys flat out busy. Like, we went down there Saturday to pick. Why we went down there to eat? But the lineup was out the door, so we're like, well, let's just pick up some growlers to go. And the place was fucking packed. Well, this is the thing. And we got a. The thing is, we had a. From the history of this town, what we understand is everybody was going to try us straight out, and we we kind of expected that. And now it's our job. To, to, to deliver, to deliver and maintain, and not let you know. And of course, we're not going to let our standards drop or anything like that, or take it for granted. That's the laziest type of business. Like, what kind of dicks could you have? <laughs> if the be? bacon standard falls, I will call you the fuck out. <laughs> on that. I will storm my ass down that stairs. <laughs> Where's Dave? What the fuck is this? No, I'm kidding. If you walked into my kitchen, where's the Ferrari? I have no problem you walking into my kitchen and breaking my knees. I'm not even kidding. Absolutely, I'm more than comfortable. I'm a, such a huge fan of bacon. No, that's that that can't happen. So. Well, no, I love how you guys are open lunch now because, like I said, I got kiddo. It's kind of hard to go down there on a, on, on a night, but right when he's in school, I think the, I'll be enjoying some of that. I haven't. I've heard so much. thinking about the poutine. I literally I already have a tomorrow. business meeting set up for Thursday. I love it. My uh, an associate of mine said. They're open. Come tomorrow. So Thursday lunch. You wanna you wanna go? And that was the thing too. Like we took two weeks to get open for lunch, and that's it, it comes back to that whole thing was why it took us an extra little time to get open for you know to get open in general. Do it you right. know once yeah absolutely do it right. Make sure my cooks are trained mm-hmm. correctly. Make sure our front end staff is done correctly. And we're here for a long time. You know we're not uh, we're not gonna hit and hit and run. Hopefully not hit and run. Everybody, <laughs> we're not just gonna hit and run. Like, that's the thing. I have, you know we're pouring a pretty solid foundation here, and that's that's what it's about. So so what is, where's it gonna take you? Like what's the next step in the world of Chef Dave? You know what I. Which I, I love that name, by the way. Oh, you're very kind. <laughs> <laughs> you're way too kind. Well, no, she said chef, because like, Ashley kept, I was communicating with Ashley about doing this show, and she kept calling chef. Today has been the only time she actually said your name, because I asked for it. Right. But she's like, <laughs> chef, and all I, I'm a big Star Trek fan, right? And uh, Star Trek Enterprise, the character chef, they always talk about him every episode, and it's one you never, ever saw, because the captain always be like, oh, chef knows this, chef knows that. Always go to chef for the advice. So I'm like, I know his name is Dave now, but I just want to call him chef, and Look to you to steer my life straight, sir. You, you know what? You're, you're very, you're very kind. I don't have all the answers. <laughs> don't, or, don't, or, or don't, maybe, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> or maybe I do. You know, I'm, uh, I'm here for a while. I'm here with this company for a while. These are good friends of mine. It's, uh, it's born out of that. I'm at a, I don't want to say a weird stage in my life, but the, you know, how else can I say this? I'm at a stage in my life where I'm only doing things that I want to do. I'm only doing things that I want to do. Like like I'd mentioned before, I sound like a bit of a hippie now. I've always been an entrepreneur my whole life. Pretty like a free spirit, man. It, it, it is a lot. This one's it, surfing sun. It, it, yeah, it is a lot of that. You know, I'm doing this because I enjoy it and um, I get a rush out of it and it's exciting as fuck. Like, how can I lie? Like, this is this is good times. These are... These are the memories of my future. I, I know it like I know it. This is this has been a tremendous experience. I know I'm going to leak through the face when I leave here. You know when I when I hand the baton on to the corporate, you know, to the chef that I hire for this place. And uh, you know, this has been an amazing experience. And uh, so that's yeah. how it works. And you will like obviously you're the, the corporate guy. You'll have to go to the the next new opening. But 
you will be finding uh, a person to run the, the wood buffalo version? Well, well, that's what happens now. Like, you develop you develop a recipe, you develop a plating manual, your weights, your measures. You need to find somebody you can leave. You know, even you think about, like, uh, some of the famous chefs we've heard of, like the Wolfgang Pucks or the Thomas Kellers and whatnot. What we're trying to do as is, is chefs, like in my life, is create the illusion that we've cooked every meal. Like, essentially, we have, you know, put our hands on the, the plates that we're developing and communicate to your cooks and your chefs and your chef de parties and your sauciers and everybody and really entrust them with your vision of food. And that's that's what we're trying to do. So when I step away, yeah, I will absolutely have to, to pass the baton off and then the whole thing is too. Cause the, the idea is when you leave, we shouldn't know you have left. You, I couldn't have put any better myself. That's exactly it. You know, and I've, I've always used the example in the past. I'm like, if, I, if it says eight croutons, then you put eight croutons. That's... That's the whole idea, and that's you're trying to create that illusion that uh, that I that I've made every meal. Well, I was just going to put it out there that the what would you call it though, like an, an understudy, an, uh, like a uh, uh, why can't I apprentice? Apprentice? That, that's no, I know and Fort McMurray. Yeah, I know. I'm an apprentice. Apprentice. <laughs> I, I this apprentice, idiot. Talk. But no, uh, would you be looking for one? I'm just saying, anyone that's well, interested. You, you know what? We back. We're flying in two interviewees oh, okay. uh, this week that I have interviews with, uh, one from Vancouver and one from Toronto. Hey. So that's. Disgustingly promising. Well, yeah. bring in like some that. people that's... to to uh, to get to know the Fort McMurray life, and that's that's too, the, right? that's the whole thing is too. Like, and uh, boy, I'm going to sound like a dick here, but I, you know, you know, I come across as jovial and whatnot. I'm a goddamn prison guard down there. I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a representation of my food, and that's that's what it comes down to. That's your menu. It is my menu. menu, and the whole thing is too. When things are going great, I'm an amazing guy to be around. When uh, things aren't going so great, it's like a dark cloud comes over the kitchen, and everybody feels it, and nobody wants, you know. And that's that's what it should be. Hey, it's, you know, it's I need those people to be committed right? as as I am. So that's that's what it comes down to. So, so I, I have a question from uh, what I'd heard. I don't know. I think from the waitresses when you guys first opened, you you brought up some waitresses uh, from Jasper and Banff. That's correct. That's correct to help yep. train the new girls, and so did you bring up kitchen staff as well? And the the second part of that is. Are they all gone now? So is it all local now? It's all local now in the front. Okay. Indeed. And uh, I have a culinary soulmate, essentially. And I always say that uh, I get way too much of the credit for what goes on. Um, Take he's, he's very he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's very shy, and he always makes sure he's, he's a yes chef, no chef kind of <laughs> uh, guy. And uh, I get way, way too much of the credit. Like, he is... He is probably the best saucier I've ever worked, you know, known in my life, the best soup maker I've ever known in my life, uh, one of the best presenters of food and everything. So he's he's worked with me on so many different projects. He is such an amazing cook and an amazing chef. And those things are different, you know, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky to know that guy. I, I'll say it again. I get way too much of the credit for what is goes on. Is he corporate too or does he just, like, does he follow with you? Or? No, he's, he's with me. And, uh, uh, like, the thing is, too, like, any of the cooking competitions we've been in or uh, my high-end place, uh, he's he's all about oh, he's that. he's there. Oh, yeah. okay. That's cool. Like, we got some... Uh, so the kitchen right now is not local just yet. It's still oh no, the kitchen's local. Oh, kitchen's okay. full on. Yeah, so these so they're just, just him, just just him and okay. yeah, he and I, and then everybody else is local. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what's so I got some amazing people down there. I'm not gonna lie. That's good. And I got Steph Burke down there kicking ass. I got Big Devin, that guy that crushes. Listen to me, I'm, I'm picturing sh- I'm picturing like a, a hundred pound guy. Whenever somebody says they're big, no, Big Devin's big, <laughs> big, big, big Devin's big, 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 tiny. Yeah, yeah, tiny. That's you meet right. a guy named Tiny, you're like, who the fuck named you? No, we got we. We got some, you know, we, Ahmed's amazing. We got some really, really talented people down there. I'm giving shout-outs now. Listen to that. That's good. No, get yeah, them all listed, man. They're on the down. Just know that he will destroy you if yes, you fuck you up that fuck presentation. Yes, you fuck up that stuff. 
Yeah, <laughs> indeed. I will destroy you. Indeed. Uh, obviously, you heard. You must have heard about the kind of controversy. I guess the, these beer names have I love created it. in the community. Absolutely. Uh, what's your thoughts? Like, so what? We can, let's go down the beers now. We got uh, Wood Buffalo Lager. Right. Or no, uh, sorry, Lift Kit Lager. Right. Lift Kit Lager. Wood Buffalo Pale Ale. Okay. Stout. What's it? Or the Black Gold, Gold Stout. Black Gold Stout. Overtime IPA. Right. Gold Digger Golden Lager. And then just seasonal. Uh, is there a name for seasonal? No, it's just seasonal. Seasonal. Okay. And I think it's that's raspberry of, right now. Yeah, that's raspberry. The gay fruity beer. Hey, and man, I, I, I love how it's pretty good. <laughs> no, that's funny because I was at a table of guys and uh, uh, the sampler came around and the one guy was like, oh, what is this? The gay fruity beer? And he had a semi. He's like, can I get a picture of this? Yeah. <laughs> After one, he hadn't even tried the others. And he was like, faggoty, gay, gay, fruity beer. Can I have a picture? I'm not even, no, here. Like, he just gave the sampler to me and then just drank that. The raspberry yeah. one is delicious. Man. It's it's uh, it's not beer, it's juice. I like how the names, <laughs> alcoholic juice. the actual names were named in a contest uh, by mm-hmm. Fort McMurray. Folk. Yeah, actually, one of the guys on our podcast, he won uh, the Gold Digger Golden Ale is his. Now, somebody's going to have to explain to me how these are pejorative, like how this can prove, like, be I don't know ne- what pejorative means. Oh, uh, sorry, negative connotation oh, okay. or insulting or... or <laughs> I'm so glad how, you how, said how, it because I was like, yeah, I'm talking to all the fucking ones. <laughs> I got to look up at the Zoras after. So, have you been out to Club Envy yet? I have not. Have no. you? Okay, when you do, pretend like you have a lot of money. Okay. Just get a wad of cash and Got you it. pay for your drinks. Nice. And you'll instantly know what a gold digger is here in town. See, this is the whole thing is too. Like, so... It's always that, that squeaky wheel thing. So I, I don't know how controversial it be, like negative connotation. How is it a lift? I have seen a lot of lift kits. In town, it so. is lit- the per prob- capita. The I problem think. is, is the whole reason why I started the po- well, not the well, yeah, like part of the whole reason why I started this podcast was I was getting sick of hearing all the negative uh, stuff about Fort McMurray that people were uh, making assumptions over, right? Indeed. Um, and and as much as I'm pretty sensitive over this community's image because. Just I know the truth compared to what people think. That of is. course, I do know when a joke is meant to be a joke. Absolutely, it's that line that some people is you know what I mean. It's different. It's different areas for Indeed. some people take strict offense, and I've had so many arguments on Twitter. I, I don't know who runs your Twitter account, but they must have seen me in some battles with some people because people are taking great offense to this gold digger ale. And it's funny because when Steve announced it, it's just like, how can people automatically assume this is a gold digger as in a chick that's just looking for money? Why isn't it the the Yukon rich trail. history in, in the Yukon? There's no fucking rich history. In the <laughs> here. That's but, Steve's cover. But no, but automatically people are assuming <laughs> the negative, right? Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think I'm the hell my fucking on my Twitter. It says Frank Murray's cheerleader. I've been the one that's been stressing about this, this community's image. And I know a fucking joke when I see one. It's beer, folks. It's delicious beer. But it's a fucking beer name meant to be a community joke that everyone just come and enjoy. Absolutely. And people that are all uptight about it are the ones that are pushing this image, I think, more into the negative than anything else. And I think when when you see the whole menu, like uh, I'm I'm thinking. I didn't about, know the uh, food was named. I'm sorry. No, 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 not not the food specifically, but uh, more the alcohol menu as well. If you look at the martinis, I saw. Uh, there's the Clearwater. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, Clearwater something. I know it's blue. It looks... I'm a strictly beer guy. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, I have gone. There's a few ladies that have attended with me. The right. uh, There's the five-year plan, which I was almost in fucking tears there at. There you go. That's awesome. Oh, my. Like, literally, somebody, everyone somebody comes said, up I'll have the five-year plan. I thought she made it up. And she's like, no, it's right here. I'm ordering it. Absolutely. Like, it's it's fantastic, right? And when you see it all together, when you maybe when you hear, they oh, they named a beer called the Gold Digger. 
<laughs> and, and and just by itself, now maybe it sounds said, a bit different. If, if there's going to be a name, like a stereotypical name, it probably came from somewhere. Now, yeah. let's really be there's, honest with ourselves. Every lie sense. has a, a, a thread of, of truth, truth in there truth. somewhere, right? There's always yeah. some truth to every yeah. fucking joke. This is to all you skanks out there, okay? <laughs> well, no, it, 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 like, it's sitting there like, it, yeah, this is for all you skanks out there. But for people that are saying this only has a negative image to Fort McMurray, Go down and talk to these guys. Like, you're listening to Dave right now. Uh, go talk to Steve and, and Socrates. You guys think that this is a negative fucking focus on Fort McMurray? You're, you're, it's stupid beyond words of how big of a deal it's like I think they say, I think they say that in England. Like, we're not taking a piss on you. Isn't that what they say in England? In uh, a, it's it, the first it, I've heard of it. it, 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 it <laughs> In you that traveled sense, a bit um, more than us. Oh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm born and raised Fort McMurray. That's it's, about it. I travel south. I don't travel that way. In that sense, hey, we're we're in Mexico. They say stop fucking with me. <laughs> we're just we're just trying to fit in, folks. Huh? In <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, it's it's literally meant to be a joke. And and to me, I think it's important to be able to laugh at yourself. And I find my sense of humor is more reserved because I'm protective. Of this community image, and I think it's a joke. It's there, like, and it is a joke. It's not. I think it's a joke. It is a joke. It's it's a tongue in cheek. It's meant to be humorous. It's meant to bring. F- hey, the gold digger, the gold digger. What is it? Gold digger ale. The gold, gold digger, digger ale. Lager. The gold or no, digger, gold digger golden ale. Gold there digger go. golden ale is brewed in Fort McMurray, not in Jasper, not in Banff, not in Calgary. That's upcoming. It is a Fort McMurray based beer, and I think by reading that name. Everyone will know that. Yeah, indeed. Right. Yeah. Same thing with the lift kit. The overtime. I think the overtime IP is hilarious. I'm embarrassed. That I didn't know what a lift kit was. I had to. I had to. I had to ask. Oh really? As you pull yeah. up in your in your four by four truck. Yeah. yeah. You better get a lift kit on that shit. Yeah. <laughs> they're giving them out when they're right by the tourist bureau when you get into town. You got to jack it up a couple inches. No, I think it, there was a bit of controversy, but I think that helps kind of any uh, place get off off the ground. Yeah, at least they're it, talking. It brought some attention yeah. to it, but literally, I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, you were very few kind people to say bitch I about the beer, but I've heard nothing but good things. I love going down there, seeing it packed. Uh, Fort McMurray does have this bit of a, a, a niche, I guess you can say. Is yes, you're right. People would go at the start. Sure. The goal is to maintain, and I really don't think you guys will have an issue because you brew beer on site i appreciate it we're trying our hardest man we're we're trying to do the big work really are final thoughts chris i love the place (laughs) um i think i think the first night i met socrates he was talking about beer and uh he was he was going a bit into the jargon like you were with the the cooking and then he just he stopped mid-sentence uh talking about uh the hops and the barley and he just said you know what i just love beer and everybody at the table said i love beer i love beer i love beer and it was about a two-minute conversation of just everybody saying, I love beer. And it was a good joke, but literally, why is he there? He loves beer. Absolutely why are we going is. to attend? We love beer. You make amazing food. It adds to it. Why do you? Why are you there? You love food. And it shows. Like, I've, sure. I've had, Passion. I'm going to say half your menu already. <laughs> I haven't touched the salads yet. Um, <laughs> but the next one's the duck salad. That's one more great oh, on, on Thursday when I go. But uh, it's it, it shows and it pulls through and it... it it just it helps make the atmosphere. I can go to Moxie's, I can go to Earl's, I can get good food there, but there's no passion behind it. Those are franchise owners that are in it for one reason, and that's dollars only. And I've known some, I know currently some of the owners and past owners. That's why they're in it. Yeah, they're in the industry, but you guys seem to have that extra little panache at the end that helps. I've talked. I've it. talked to chefs before, and I've never seen the passion that, that Dave talks. Oh, before. I appreciate yeah, the it. fucking resume that this dude has. He's been on the Food Network. <laughs> I watched yeah. the Food Network. I want to see him on Iron Chef. <laughs> there you go. There. Yeah. I mean, never Put know. Put it in petition. 
trying to go. So final we thoughts, go. Dave. What do you think? You know what? I, I just wanted to. And I, again, I'm going to use the word pandering again. Listen, I'm I, I'm I'm thankful, like for for people just coming in and trying us out once, like that in that sense. And now I just want to deliver and, and give people. You know, show them what we can do and show them why we're here and, and all that stuff. And I just wanted to say thank you to those folks. I, I mean that. That's and and thank for thank you for the small shit too. Like this is you've been pretty welcoming. Like that little business with that road closure and like people lending me groceries. That's and stuff. a good story, man. And how long had you known them? Like you'd only been in town what? In two, pass, two yeah. and a half months, maybe. In passing, like I met uh, I met Jimmy through one of my food reps and stuff like that, and like. That's what I mean. Like that's that's uh, why you know when I head out here, this is going to be tough to go. This has been uh, this has been a really great experience, incredible experience. And to close it off too, I think Christian, you nailed it ahead. I think like it's it's funny to say this about uh, a, a restaurant, but this has elevated the community to a different level, and I think this does wonders. Well, we're for the community. We're one in each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're we're one. We're we're all a part of each other here. So. I can't thank you enough for coming on, Dave. Really hey. do appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, you're welcome back anytime uh, just to shoot the shit about, hey, you a sports guy? You like hockey? I love it all, man. There you go, man. We'll be chatting. Batman versus Superman. Who are you a geek? That's Batman versus Superman. Do you, who are you a superhero geek? Sir? I can ski in all types of snow, man. <laughs> Best of the trade, right? Uh, we're going to have Socrates on. We're going to have Steve on. I want them to dive into the beer culture. I love listening to the technical aspects. Might have to do a bit of research after to figure out what the fuck they're saying. <laughs> but I love listening to it. Just call them out on it like I did. What was the word you used? Pejorative. Yeah. Hey. Slow it down. That's <laughs> funny because Tito was here. He'd he know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. But <laughs> welcome to the dumb side of the YMN podcast. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Guys, uh, for the record, uh, the Wood Buffalo Brewing Company has not sponsored us. This is nowhere near uh, an episode that's just like, hey, go there and check these guys out. I've always said this, too. This podcast is about what's happening in Fort McMurray. We have a new brew house. They, it's literally a microbrewery, the biggest one in the country, brews beer that is basically named after parts of this community. Go down and enjoy it. It's fucking delicious. It's what's happening in town right now. Everyone's enjoying it. I'm seeing... Photos. I'm seeing tweets. I'm seeing Instagrams. Everyone's enjoying it, and that's why I think you guys will be successful. So, right on. Thanks there again. You go on behalf of Tito. I'm Todsky. Oh wait, I fucked that up. So for the YMM podcast, on behalf of Tito, I'm Todsky. I'm Dave Husero. See you, Mac MacNeil. We'll see you next set. YMM Podcast is a T-Man Entertainment production. In association with Hyperphotonic Media. Find us at hyperphotonicmedia.com. Oh, fuck. <laughs>